right, guys. Welcome to Brolosophy. And here's a word from the companies that support Brolosophy. So um, we are proudly supported today by Yeti. Yeti are a premium outdoor brand that are starting to make some serious noise in Australia. They've created a new standard for coolers with two hard cooler models, the Tundra and the Rhodey, and they are at the forefront of, uh, of Yeti's mission. Basically born out of frustration with coolers that cracked, caved and gave up, Yeti has set out to improve three main elements, durability, extended ice retention and weather resistance. Yeti basically, guys, is the best in the world at what they do. And we like partnering with companies that are the best in the world at what they do. So if you want some premium drinkware, some premium outdoor cooler accessories for um, for your summer, for your holidays, for your um, caravanning adventure, whatever that is, then you can find that at Yeti. So head to yeti.com.au forward slash bro to check out their range and you'll not be disappointed. Also guys, head to trueprotein.com.au and you'll find Australia's greatest supplement company. Friends of ours for a very long time. True Protein are amazing. They support us, uh, they support us and we support them by sending people across for you know, all of their supplement needs. So premium protein powders, weight proteins, vegan proteins, meal replacement stuff, post-workout, you know, blah, 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 all the good stuff. Um, carbohydrate blends, oat blends. Yeah, they got it all. Um, really like the guys at True Protein. Uh, I am someone who cycles on and off protein, creatine, amino acids, fish oils, you know, so on and so forth. But when I am training hard and when I am using supplements, I'll always use True Protein. So check out trueprotein.com.au, use the code BRO and you will receive 10% off. <laughs> Lastly, we are brought to you by Athena. So guys, with Athena, basically what we do is we support small business. So if you're a small business and you're looking to try and expand your team, try and do more things, try and help more people, try and grow your business, then we can really help you to do that because in small business, it's not always accessible for someone to hire a really talented staff member in their local country, especially in Australia and New Zealand and America and the UK, you know, most of the places that we have most of our listeners. So we go and we recruit people from underprivileged countries um, such as the Philippines and such as Venezuela. Argentina has gone through a bit of a rough trot economically. We support a lot of people in Venezuela, in Argentina and we get absolutely incredible people for a really cost-effective solution. So at Athena, we have three directors. We're all in Australia and then we have eight team members all abroad and all absolutely unbelievable. And, you know, the world is a lot smaller than it used to be. So remote work is, is pretty easy to manage. We have... Um, Aaron, who's IT and tech. We have Vicky. She's our social media manager. We have Ricardo, who's our community manager. Mike's in business development. Ed, graphic design. Jose, accounts. Yarn, recruitment. And Matthias, podcast production. So everyone that I mentioned there, <coughs> they're all absolute A-grade all-star players. And they're all in Venezuela, Argentina, Peru, and the Philippines. So We've been able to rapidly scale our business by using our own platform and using our own service and using our own talent and we can help you do it too. So if you want to check out what we do, head to athena.co, that's Athena with a Y and when you go to inquire, use the code BRO and you'll get 20 hours free of our virtual assistant services. Here's the show. Now before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one. First podcast from the new studio. Very, very exciting. Um, so here I am today. Um, I'm always 
quite nervous to record solo shows. I don't know why. Um, just something that uh, has always freaked me out. Uh, that's my phone gone off. So I'll just get rid of that. Look, um, the reason I'm recording this show um, is due to the fact that um, Are You OK Day was last week. So it was, um, yeah, it was a, it's obviously um, been and gone, but the the situation around RU OK Day um, is obviously, uh, for our international listeners, I'm not sure if it's an international thing, um, it's basically a day where, uh, particularly in Australia, where you would reach out to your friends and family and ask them if they're okay, um, you know. A lot of people are struggling at the moment. Um, a lot of people not doing particularly well for whatever reason. And um, that's a real shame. So in and around Are You Okay Day, uh, a few days earlier, a week earlier, there was an incident where um, uh, an Australian football legend, um, but a very lovable figure in the, the, the Australian football community. So n- not we're not talking here about his um, sporting prowess. Uh, you know, we're talking about the fact that he was a, a guy that... He was a legend because he was a guy that put a smile on the faces of all of those around him. Uh, his name was Danny Frawley, and uh, it, it seems as if... Um, it, it's never been officially announced, but um, Danny Frawley... Looks to have uh, taken his own life about a week before Are You OK Day, and you know Danny is a number of uh, Danny is one of a number of people that would have taken their own life in and around that time. So obviously, um, we all know somebody who's been affected uh, in the not so distant past, or or or, um, or in the distant past, or, or closely through a friend or a family member who who has been more. Affected, so you know it's not all about Danny Frawley, but it, it just came at a at a very um at a very poignant time for for Danny to take his own life around the Are You Okay Day date um, when there's a lot of media and resources and um, and and, uh, and conversation going towards mental health, um, and I particularly get maddened by it. I get uh, I get absolutely fucking furious when it comes to the state of what's going on in this day and age. Um, I'm not sure if the reporting of the mental health epidemic is because of the fact that we are reporting more. Um, obviously, for an, an example here is um, an example here is the fact that my grandfather he had um, depression and and. Um, and so forth, and he was medicated for 30 years, and he ended up taking his own life, and yeah, maybe there's a mental health epidemic because of the fact that men and women, but particularly men, are actually reporting the fact that they're not doing so well, uh, because for my grandfather, for example, he was a, he was a business, uh, you know, uh, a leader in business, and a leader in sporting clubs, and all these kind of this, that, and the other, and for him to step up and say, hey, I'm not doing well, I'm seeing a psychologist or I've got mental health issues, I've got depression or whatever it is, he would be looked at as weak back in the day. So that's, you know, 50 years past. So I'm not sure whether the spike in mental health, um, the, the spike in mental health issues is because of the reporting or because of the day and age that we live in. I would say, if I had to have a guess, I would say that it's a, a combination of the both, um, which is... Uh, so a combination of the reporting, but also a combination of the fact that we live in a day and age that is a lot different to the day and age that my grandfather grew up in 50 years ago and a lot different again to 100 years ago and very, very, very different to 150 years ago. So if you think of 150 years ago, you know, no flight, uh, bugger all cars, no television, uh, radio was the only form of communication, um, travel was extremely difficult, no internet, um, so a lot more um, times were probably tougher, but people were were certainly closer, I believe. So, so this is the reason that I wanted to record this show. This show is actually uh, the the show that I'm recording now is is um, 
a show that will go hand in hand with a show that I recorded about a year ago um, around the book Lost Connections by Johan Hari. Um, I actually recorded a show talking about uh, the seven lost connections that Johan, um, he highlights in his book and those seven connections, uh, I spoke about why they're affecting us negatively in this day and age and at the time, a year, whenever I recorded a year ago, I said that I would record a, um, I would record a sister episode that would be how do we actually go and put positive spins on all of these seven issues? How do we come out of this, this particular position that we're in and how do we go into the future and grow and, and everybody's you know, much happier and much more well-aligned and how do we get out of this predicament that we're in? So, so this is supposed to be the, the positive spin um, on, on um, Johan's book. So uh, what I'm going to do is um, we will have released the previous show right before we release this one. So we're going to do the, um, obviously it would already be out now if you're listening to this, we're going to do the, um, the recap show of the, of the um, original episode. And then this is my, um, yeah, my thoughts really around how we, can, how we can improve the general wellness of the world, um, particularly the Western world. Um, I'm not saying I don't want to, you know, talk about the, um, you know, the, the rest of the world, but, but I know very much how life in Australia is. I know very much how life in America is. I feel like I know very much how life in the UK is. And, and um, you know, so it's, it's what's closest to me and what I, what I think is um, easiest for me, easiest me, ooh, uh, easiest for me to relate to. So if you haven't read uh, Lost Connections, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, if I was to pick... Uh, it's not my favorite book of all time. My favorite books would be... Mm, 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 mm. Shantaram would probably be my number one. That's the only book that's made me cry still to this day. Um, that is a fantastic read. An absolute ripping, ripping read. Uh, so Shantaram would be my number one. Uh, Sapiens is right up there. Obviously, if you want fiction, then then you know there's A Song of Ice and Fire I really love. Um, there's a number of other books that I that I like around that kind of, you know. But as far as books that I think people should read, not because it's my favorite book, but because of the level of importance, there's two books that I would put far and away, hands down above the rest. And they are How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. So Dale was, uh, Dale Carnegie was a business leader in the 1900s and in the early, early 1900s. He wrote a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People and it's basically like a day-to-day field guide of how to be a good person. Um, it really is that. It is how to, yeah, how to win people over. How to Win Friends and Influence People sounds very much like you're trying to do something, um, trying to do something that's a little shady. Um, how do I trick people into liking me? That's how it reads to me. Maybe it doesn't read like that to, to others but... Um, that's how it sounds, but the book is just an absolute, it's a full godsend. I remember I read it, I read it when I was, um, I was working for my dad doing some, doing some construction stuff, I was re- uh, doing this big, big roof, imagine a house in where it was, it was in Sorrento, really nice part of the world where I grew up, um, really, really um, lots of people that are quite well off down there, it was a massive house and I was left to put this uh, roof on by myself. And I was stoked. I was like, yep, this is awesome. So I just plugged a headphone in and I just went about spending the next uh, few days chipping away, working away and uh, listening to podcasts and audiobooks. I love nothing more than to be doing whatever I'm doing and to have a a headphone in because I feel like I'm always learning and I feel like that's a great position to be in and it's a a superpower to to always be reading and always be learning. I really think that. Um, Just a way to forever be bettering yourself. But... But How to Win Friends and Influence People had the biggest, um, it had the biggest impact on me that I promised myself, and I haven't followed through with this promise, but I promised myself that I'd read it every six months just to ground myself and remind myself on how to positively impact everyone around me, you know, like the littlest things, you know, looking someone in the eyes, listening when they talk to you, asking more questions than, um, than statements you make about yourself or about, you know, your thoughts, um, being inquisitive, really caring about people, just 
the smallest the smallest things remembering people's names i i write i'm terrible i have a shit 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 memory and i've spoken about this before on the podcast at some point but i write people's names in my phone if i roll into a new community so if i go to a gym and there's 200 people for me to meet i'm like fuck this is gonna be fucking hard work so what i do is i introduce myself to somebody and then i make a note about that person uh, Mark, uh, skinny, funny, pom bloke. Um, Sarah, funny, redheaded girl, likes podcasts. Um, Clint, um, crazy, crazy cat lover dude, bit of a weirdo, but nice guy, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, and anyway, so, so I'm going on a little bit of a tangent here, but, but How to Win Friends and Influence People is the first book I would recommend to people to read to improve their life in general. Um, I think it's the most important book written in the 20th century. Uh, not that I've read them all. I've said that before as well on the podcast. Um, but I really do think that's the case. Then, I believe that the most important book that is written so far in the 21st century is the book that I'm talking about today and that's Lost Connections by Johan Hari. Um, I believe that when all is said and done, in a hundred years' time, when I'm well past and and uh, and everybody, you know, that that grew up around me is probably, you know, it's their their children and grandchildren and grandchildren's children that are that are reading all these books. I believe that how to win friends and influence people will stand the test of time, and lost connections will also stand the test of time and will be looked upon as the most important book written in the 21st century. Now, I hope that that's kind of not the case because if that's not the case, then maybe the rest of the 21st century from this point onwards and, and, and into the 2020s and 2030s and 2040s, this mental health epidemic, mental health crisis, isn't as prevalent as it is right now. Um, if that's the case, then Lost Connections might not end up being that important of a book um, but for me for this particular um, period in time that we're in right now I believe it's the most important book written I, I read a lot I really do especially in the self-development realm and new new age philosophy or whatever it is I read a shitload um, and I'm sure there are lots of other fantastic books out there uh, that, are, that are of similar vein and, and that people could you know hold a hold a candle up and say you know this is the most important book written and that's fine. But for me, Lost Connections is that book. So anyway, Johan Hari is an English gentleman who uh, grew up basically a typical English uh, childhood and um, he went through his own trials and tribulations with his mental health, um, getting to the point where uh, I haven't read the book in a little while, so I don't want to go too far into paraphrasing Johan's life. Um, but um, getting to the point where he was suicidal and he, he wasn't happy with his life at all and so on and so forth and then trying to pull his way back out from that and, um, and basically it's the story of the things that he learned um, and his thoughts after dedicating, as a journalist, after dedicating much of his life to figuring out what's going on with this mental health epidemic, he formulated his thoughts and he broke them down into... Um, into seven lost connections, so to speak. So um, if you think of seven lost connections that are the reasons that we are basically, um, yeah, that, that there's so much unhappiness and, and, um, and there's a lack of wellness across the world really, across the Western world anyway. His lost connections, I'll read them just quickly. So his lost connections are um, a lost connection uh, and disconnection from meaningful work disconnection from people, oh sorry, so the disconnections, disconnection from meaningful work, disconnection from people, disconnection from meaningful values, disconnection from childhood trauma, disconnection from status and respect, disconnection from a natural world, and disconnection from a hopeful and secure future. So, as I said, in the last episode that I recorded regarding this book, I talked really negatively about how silly we are and, 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 and how the society that we've, we've found ourselves in um, basically reflects those lost um, 
or those disconnections, I should say. So um, what I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to try and put a spin on how we can build those connections back. So how we can take those seven disconnections that are currently afflicting us all as a society and how can we, how can we build them back up? How can we get back on a path that's going to lead us into the next century for our children's children and, and so forth? How can we get back onto an even keel where we're not worrying about, you know, at the moment, at this, right now, at this moment, in the last 18 months, I've got five best friends. In the last 18 months, three of them we've had on suicide watch. Um, one of them is currently suicidal right now. Uh, one of my best friends. Um, one of my other best friends 12 months ago was suicidal. And one of my other best friends was not suicidal, but we were, we were worried. We were worried. We were talking as friends amongst ourselves, letting, you know, communicating back and forth, making sure we were there for him. Um, and, and, you know, we, we were worried that, that, that something, might, something might happen. So that's fucked up. Uh, I've got a... Um, and, and then there's me. Me, I've never been suicidal, but fuck me, I've been whew, down in the dumps from time to time, like fucking anxiety and sadness and just... I, for some reason, don't think that... I just... I can't get my head around suicide myself. Like, I, I can't think of... I get lonely as fuck, sad as fuck, anxious as all hell, but I can't really figure out for myself how it would come to suicide um, and that's just me and that's lucky I'm, I'm happy for that and then I've got another friend Corey who he goes through a bunch of stuff um, but he said to me uh, we were having beers the other day and he said to me that he knows that he's blessed and he's lucky because he wakes up every morning and no matter what's going on the days past the weeks past the months past what's going on in his life he wakes up every morning with a smile on his face so he's lucky so he, he's one of the lucky ones you know and that's that's fucking unreal we need more. We need more people to feel like that, and and I am forever working myself to try and get back to that point, and um, and I want my friends to be back at that point, and I want everyone around the world to be back at that point. You know, it's it's crazy. It's crazy what's going on. We only get one crack at this thing, and you know, for us to for us to be riddled with problems in our own head for the for the time that we are here, it's it's not fair. So so anyway, so. So what I'm going to talk about is I'm going to talk about those seven disconnections and I'm going to give you my thoughts on them. Um, so disconnection number one from Johan Hari was a disconnection from meaningful work. So this is tough. This is tough because a lot of us don't work for ourselves. I understand that. And a lot of us haven't studied X, Y, and Z at, at university. I certainly haven't. Uh, I do work for myself, but I haven't studied. Um, you know, so apart from working for myself, I'm limited in what career paths I can take. Um, but at the end of the day, if we can be really happy with what we're doing on the day to day, you know, if we're spending 40, 50 hours a day, uh, ooh, if we're spending 40, 50 hours a week, uh, yes, no, that's right. We're spending 40, 50 hours a week doing something, realistically, we want it to be doing something that is going to give us, you know, happiness and joy and, and bring value to the world. So, um, <clears throat> but the thing is, it's not really up to the employee. It's not up to the everyman. Obviously, it's very important um, to the everyman, but the everyman doesn't really, you know, always get to pick and choose what they want to do with their life. So <clears throat> I remember, for example, the other day, um, I was just helping my buddy. Uh, he's got, he was going away, so I was helping him with um, a day of construction work because he was going over to Vietnam, one of my best mates. Oh, this is our other best mate. Yeah, actually, one of my other best mates. Sorry, I forgot to mention this guy. He was suicidal as well. Um, maybe I've got six best mates. No, five best mates plus me. That's right, six. Fucking crazy. But anyway, so... I was down on this um, on this job site with my brother. We went down to help my mate out, and um, and and my mate wasn't there. It was just me and Jack, my brother. And I remember, um, I remember seeing this um, garbage disposal man, um, garbage man, driving this big garbage truck down 
this particular road and then to turn left to get the bins on the um down this little side alley he had to turn left in this big truck and there was a car obscuring his like right to turn and i remember just sitting there and i'm like okay cool that guy looks like he's got his work cut out for him and he put his feet on the brakes the, the truck came to a stop and then he just yelled out fuck and i was just like oh shit that dude's not having it sun was out beautiful day 23 degrees in melbourne not a cloud in the sky not a drop of wind fucking just like everything that could be going good was going good that day and then this guy you know he was just having a shit one he was just having a real real shit one and the thing is, you know, we need garbage men. We need, we, need, we need people in these roles and, and so forth. And maybe one day that will change with, you know, artificial intelligence. But, but the point I'm trying to make is it's hard for the everyman to dictate creating meaningful work for himself. So my fix for that is business and industry and leaders in business and industry have to find a way to create meaningful work for their employees and for the world. So, um, a lot of the time, uh, I think the most powerful people in the world right now are not governments. The most pe- powerful people in the world are Facebook, Amazon, um, Google, Microsoft, Apple, and so on and so on. Um, so, I feel like it's up to business and industry leaders and, and small business too to be a driver and a catalyst for change. Really, it shouldn't be up to... Um, really, it shouldn't be up to the everyman. Uh, you know, our, our voices need to be heard, the everyman, for sure, 100%. But businesses need to give back, you know? Businesses need to... There's enough ideas in the world, you know? There's enough ideas in the world that, you know, business should, businesses should be looking at ways that we can, you know, bolster the economy by creating impactful commerce you know so and if that's not the case you know if you're selling if you're selling you know protein shakers online and you're you know involved in the influencer community and 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 all this stuff that's you know adding fuel to the fire of of this mental health epidemic then find a way to give back you know i feel really terrible because um athena we we really help people in um we help people in underprivileged countries find work that they wouldn't ordinarily be able to find and i feel really good about that we help small business by giving them a cost-effective solution to get time back in their life and or you know bring money into the business but there's also a lot of things that we've dropped the ball on and my my laser focus as ceo of athena is to to make sure that we get to a position where we're comfortable and that we don't have to um worry about the company's future you know we're we're in a great position we're growing really really fast got a great customer you know great great client base really good reviews and whatever and we'll be a behemoth of a company um so it's all good however i need to do more on my end to to give back so there's um there's uh there's basically i think led by companies such as patagonia um there's a movement now where all all commerce worldwide should really be finding a way to give back by way of social impact so whether that's actually what your product and offering is giving back to you know help people in need or to fund something to do with you know obviously um you know nature and what we're doing to to the planet or whatever it is you know giving some sort of a a proceed gives giving some sort of um yeah value back to whatever your whatever your you know social impact wants to be so businesses have the ability to you know take what they do and align with their values uh an impact that they can give back to and i think that's where it's going to really you know start is is businesses need to be that catalyst for change because businesses can not only make you know an improvement to an industry or a product or or whatever that is, but they can also build a community and then they can also help to give back through that community and also that will positively affect in a massive way the people that are working for them and their day to day wellness around you know do I want to actually roll into work 
do I want to get up and do I want to, you know, get on the public transport and spend an hour to get into into the city and sit at a desk for 10 hours? Well, maybe if I knew that my work really heavily impacted something that I was passionate about and something that really helped the world become a better place, then yeah, maybe it would. Um, maybe it would create more meaningful work and a more meaningful nine to five for most people. So uh, by all means, you know, uh, let's go and create the world that we want to live in. Let's go and be entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs really are the ones that, that build the planet um, and build, build the future, build our culture and so forth. And let's continue to do that obviously, but not everyone can be an entrepreneur. Not everyone's interested in being an entrepreneur. So those that are entrepreneurs, the you know, businesses from big to small, small to medium businesses to, to the biggest conglomerates on the planet, they need to be thinking of ways that they can give back um, because that's where it's going to start. Um, so that's one. Disconnection from meaningful work and a reconnection is by helping people. Serotonin is, you know, dopamine is pleasure. Serotonin is, that's what makes you feel happy and that's really around giving back and, and, and helping people. So let's create more of that so that everybody that does business and everybody that has anything to do with business, which is everyone, can feel good about themselves. So that's a reconnection to meaningful work. Um, just going to ha- have a pause because I've just got to quickly go to the bathroom. Ooh, back in a tick. Oh, 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 oh. All right, and I'm back. Sorry about that, guys. So second in Johan Hari's uh, lost connections and out of his seven, seven, uh, seven disconnections is second is disconnection from people. So this is an easy one. So um, back in the day, think of the way that we're built. Think of the way, if you can um, think of evolution. So evolution is basically an adaption to the world around you. So how can I, um, how can I, how can I survive? How can my um, DNA pass forward through um, through the ages? And it's because you're adapting to the the surroundings around you. So, um, but evolution can't be fast tracked as quickly as we're trying to fast track it. So, think of um, think of the agricultural revolution, and think of the fact that that was only. Um, agricultural revolution was 12,000 years ago, I believe. Interesting uh, to see if... Uh, interesting, I would love to have a fact checker on this uh, on this podcast because so much of the shit that I say definitely, definitely is bullshit. But what I'm, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to Google. I'm actually pretty certain about this. When was the agricultural revolution... Agricultural Revolution. Um, hmm. That didn't uh, help me. It says that it was in the 18th and 19th centuries in Europe. Well, fuck me. Okay, here we go. This one backs me up. Definition of the first agricultural revolution. The first agricultural revolution, also known as the Neolithic Revolution, is the transformation of human societies from hunting and gathering to farming. Here we go. This transition occurred worldwide between 10,000 BC, that's right, 12,000 years ago, thank you very much, and 2000 BC, with the earliest known developments taking place in the Middle East. Thank you very much. So, what I'm talking about here though is, guys, if you think of... um, you know, if you think of us 12,000 years ago, that's not very long ago. That's only, hmm, let's say, um, 12,000, um, 12, uh, 100 generations. <laughs> Far out. 50 generations? Let's have a look at that too. 50 times 25. Yeah, 50 generations. 50 generations ago. So obviously it wasn't yesterday, but obviously also... We've been the same anatomically correct human being for hundreds of thousands of years. And before that, millions of years in our evolutionary path from, you know, now, oh, from um, Homo erectus to where we are now. Um, so we don't really have that much time to evolve. But what we've been forced to do is we've been forced to evolve and, and put ourselves into this new system where we, you know, we sit 
in um, public transport for very long periods of time for a couple of hours every day or transport that is car or public transport a couple of hours every day we go and we sit in an office cubicle most of us a lot of us um, work sedentary solitary jobs um, and then we come home we live in one bedroom apartments or you know two bedroom apartments or we live with a family and that's cool you know it's not it's not all all negative but but think of that in comparison to running around roaming around the wilderness hunting you know and uh, picking up uh, bloody eating crickets and berries and trying to forage and whatever it is but the whole time surrounded by your tribe your friends your family so on and so forth um, another book that accompanies lost connections really well is a book called tribe um, I just because I mentioned it I thought I'd um, make make note of that book for um, yeah another recommendation that I always talk about this on this podcast but but so we really are tribal um, the reason that you know, we feel really, really good and serotonin is released when we're around people is because we're built that way. You know, we've, we've been that way forever. That's what makes us happy, connection with, with human beings. And, you know, we've lost a little bit of that along the way. So this is why I think that I've mentioned this so many times again on this, on this show. Like uh, one of the things that I think of that is the most important this day and age is the third place. So you have your home and you have your work and then you have your third place. So your community, hopefully your, um, hopefully your community can be also at your work and you can have a really vibing, um, you know, friendship and community base there as well, which is really beneficial, but not everybody does. So, so making sure you have that community. I really think that's key. I'm not going to harp on about the, the concept of a third place, but what I'm going to talk about also is we all live very, very busy lives, you know. So I live in the city. Most of my friends work, I would say, on an average of 45 to 50 hours a week. So that's 10 hours a day. You take in public transport, so on and so forth. You've really got fuck all time to spend with the people that you love, the people that are, you know, your buddies, your friends, the people that are going to lighten your mood just by getting together and talking some shit, going for a walk, having a beer, you know, whatever that is, you want to be around those people. And, and I'm absolutely so badly guilty of this, um, is not seeing my friends enough. And also I have a bit of, you know, I have some personal issues, especially the last few months of, of getting a little bit of anxiety in the lead up to going to, to events um, and not actually being able to push myself through the door to, to go and see my friends that I so badly do want to go and see because I know they'll make me feel better. But that's a whole other topic in itself but so with this busy day and age that we live in and these lives that you know they're surrounded by you know meetings and and um, work and priorities and transport and so on and so forth you have to find time for your friends so it's just like when they talk about finding time to go to the gym you have to schedule that shit in and if you don't have the time in your schedule then make the time so Here's another thing I need to Google. So I believe it's called Pareto's Law. So let me just have a look at this because again, I just, I wish I had a fact checker. I wish I had Jamie like uh, Joe Rogan does. Um, But Pareto's Law, Pareto's Principle, oh damn it, that's the 80-20 principle. Fuck. Okay, so what I'm going to talk about is basically it's not Pareto's Law. Damn it. Um, So... Uh, there's a law that dictates, obviously, that we live within our means. So that is talking financially in, in a lot of um, certain cases. So if you, I've lost all my credibility now. Uh, I'm actually stuttering, and 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 I'm. If you can see me on the, if you can't see me on the uh, video, I'm actually bright red in the face right now. No, but in all seriousness, <clears throat> there's a principle of living within your means, and living within your means goes for money. So if we have $100,000 coming into our bank account every week, we'll live within our means and we'll, you know, we'll most likely spend you know, the majority of that $100,000. <clears> um, if we have uh, a lot less money coming in, we'll live within those means. And it, it basically, um, it goes on the, um, put it this way, put it this way. I'm going to stop going around the circles and I'm just going to try and make my point. Um, it's <clears throat> very easy to, lose track of time and to be busy and feel busy and never be able to schedule that time in to see your friends and your family and your loved ones or whatever. But you've got to schedule it in. You know, so 
if you say to yourself, right, I know that every week I need to have lunch with one of my buddies from, you know, Monday to Friday, then I know that I've got to have lunch with one of my buddies from Monday to Friday. You know, if you... Um, if you're somebody that works really long hours, really, really hard, really um, pushes himself to the brink, then, you know, make sure that you're reconnecting with your oldest and, and, and best and closest friends. You know, it, everyone's busy, but try and get every, every eight weeks that you go and see your best friend. You know, if they're, you know, an hour away, two hours away, whatever it is, go and see them. Spend time with them. And the key is to just make the time because the rest of your life is not going to fall down around you. So if, for example, you block out... Um, let's say you schedule your weeks in and you're very good with scheduling and you block out that on Wednesday of every week you're going to have lunch with somebody that you, that you love. Uh, then, you know, you've lost an hour for that week and you're going to feel busy and you're going to feel rushed but you're actually not going to because you're going to build the rest of your week around the fact that that's in. That's a priority, you know, that's what you need to do. It's just like gym. You know, people build in gym. Okay, I don't have time to go to the gym. No, I'm going to make time. I'm going to build it into my schedule. I'm going to make sure that, you know, that two hours of, you know, Monday, Wednesday, and a Friday is set and allocated to me going and getting my endorphins firing and and, and going out and, and, you know, making myself feel better. And it needs to be the same with with people. So I really think, um, I really think that that can be, that can be changed, you know. We can we can really live a more connected, um, connected life, uh, and and you know spend time with the people that we love around us. We just gotta we gotta really work for it. Um, another interesting thing is, um, so WeWork, the co-working um, company, they I believe started a started a company called We Live, and not too much has been released in the way of details, but I believe it to be shared living communities. So um, what that would look like is. I think like a dormitory style kind of, um, not dorm as in hostel dorm, but like um, like a college dormitory style scenario where you have your own room and you have um, a bathroom and a little kitchenette and so forth. But then you have a communal kitchen, communal lounge, um, community events, so on and so forth. And if it's anything like what they do with co-working spaces for business, then it's going to be the... It's going to be a revolution that will truly, truly, truly change the world. And I can't fucking wait to see. I really can't wait to see. Um, Because imagine coming home. Imagine you go to work and you work in a, you know, you work. Okay, cool. So you leave the house at 7 a.m. and you go on transport for an hour and a half. And then you get in by 8.30. You work till 5.30 and you get home by 7 p.m. This is a pretty standard scenario. So... And then you go back to your one-bedroom apartment or two-bedroom apartment and you cook dinner and you go to bed. Imagine coming home and walking out into a kitchen filled with like 10 people that you know and love and you, you trust. They're, they're your community, your tribe, your, you know, your, your buddies, your people that you can rely on. And then you know, having social events that are, that are scheduled into these living environments. I, I believe it's the future. I really do. And I've often thought about this. You know, why, does it, why is it that at the moment... like? If you were to say, oh yeah, cool, I live in a, com- in a commune or I live in a shared living environment with my brother and his family, uh, my best friend and his family and we all have a farm. We have three houses on the farm. We have like communal... That's kind of like people... When people think of that right now, they think of it as, oh, these guys are hippies. These guys are weirdos. And it shouldn't be the way. That's how we're supposed to be. And I believe that's where we will go in the future. Or I don't believe it's where we will go, but... I'm very excited to see what happens with We Live because I feel like that's what they're going to be producing with We Live. And if that's the case, then WeWork have the potential to truly, truly change the world and the way that we live our lives. And that is absolutely wild. So stand by for that. So next is disconnection from meaningful values. So how do we reconnect with meaningful values? So, I mean, I don't have too many fixes for this one, guys. Um, but, I mean, the thing that we have to do most, I believe, is, is try not to believe in, you know, to buy into the celebrity. Um, I made a note in my phone when I was listening to Lost Connections. And I don't know whether this was something that Johan um, said. I, I, I guess it would have been or something that I thought of. And I'm just stealing his quote if that's the case. But who knows? But there was a note in my phone that we're, uh, we are now the marketing director of our own lives. 
So, you know, through Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever, you know, we have this persona. The, the word personal brand disgusts me. It absolutely disgusts me. It's, and the reason for that is, I understand it if it's the fact that you're a Tony Robbins figure and you sell whatever it is that you sell, but you are your own, you know, you are your own product and you are your own um, company and so forth. I've got a friend, Mac Rundle. Um, if he was, you know, if his personal brand and his brand and what he does is somewhat him, you know, I get that. Excuse me. Need water. Um, I get that. But, but this whole personal brand for just personal brand sake, you know, for influencers, um, for, you know, F grade celebrities, um, for just, you know, everyone's general, just for people in general, the whole concept just, it freaks me out. And I often see people on their Instagram stories, looking down the camera of the Instagram story, just dictating their day every, you know, every 30 minutes, you know, telling people what they're doing. And I just, I don't see the value in it. I really don't see the value in it. And I feel like, I feel like it's part of the problem in that we are basically, our egos have kind of spiraled out of control to the point where I, I have an ego, you know, I, um, I like to look good um, or try to look good. I look like, you know, obviously I've, you know, face for radio 101. That's me, this bloke right here. Um, but I, I like to look good. I like to feel like my voice is heard. I like to feel like a leader. You know, I get, I want to be the center of attention. I have a fucking, I, I have an ego. I have a massive ego. And it, and it, I don't consciously, you know, try to feed my ego, but, but I know that it's there and, and it plays, you know, tricks on me a lot. But I think this whole, influencer economy that we're living in this whole influencer movement this whole influencer day and age it's a real it's a real problem that we're facing and you know i'm not saying that influencers are bad you know i have i have friends that are influencers that have you know hundreds of thousands of followers on instagram and so forth and they're they're just awesome people some of the best people you'll know dead set some of the best people you know three people that come to mind are and, and, and who are my closest you know true influencer friends are Dave Driscoll Jackie Perez and Khan Porter you know Khan I'm you know probably not as close with as I am the other two and but Dave I was particularly close with for years as one of my best buddies and they are you know I always hesitate to, to use this term but they are salt of the earth so to speak you know so I really do believe that and, and they're not out to to do things that, you know, aren't anything but positive for the world. But, you know, they're the best case scenario with influencers. But if you're a kid, and even though what Jackie, Dave, Khan put out, it's all positive, it's all good stuff. If you're a kid and you grew up and you didn't come from a good household and you didn't have good genetics, I'm talking looks-wise, you're a bit beat up, you're not a, you're not a good-looking rooster, um, you know, you, you don't have money, you're not super well-educated, you, you, you didn't get, for lack of a better term, kissed on the dick. Um, I don't know where I heard that term, but <laughs> can't believe I just used it on, on the podcast. But if you, didn't get, if you didn't get the run of it out of the womb, if you weren't one of the lucky ones and you're looking at social media and you're following even the best of the best, my friends, Dave, Jackie, Khan and so forth, you're probably going to look at their life and you're going to go, oh man, my life sucks. You know, you're going to, our days, our days are filled with, oh man, my life sucks. So, so I don't know what we can do to not buy into that, to not buy into the celebrity. Um, I think one good thing which is, um, has, has happened, which is, you know, there's all these apps coming out now that are 
apps that'll help you stay off Instagram, um, apps that'll help you stay off YouTube or whatever it is. Um, these apps are super beneficial and they really, um, they really work. So I, for example, I have, uh, I used to always delete Instagram for the longest time. I'd try and stay off it for as, as long as I can, but um, I'm trying to, trying to toe the line of using it for commerce, you know, to build the business and to try and, you know, do good where I can or whatever. Um, and without, you know, getting myself heavily involved in it day to day, but also, you know, trying to reply to people and be, you know, to build that community and be a good bloke to the people that do follow me. It's, it's a tough gig. Um, so what I do is I've got my Instagram, my phone set to 30 minutes a day. So I can not go on Instagram for any more than 30 minutes a day and then it's shut off um, and I'm locked out and I don't have the passcode. So actually, a lie right now, I do have the passcode. Um, but the idea is that I don't have the passcode. I've always given it to my housemates. Um, hey, can you set my, my code on my phone and, um, and you know, go from there. So, so even though I'm still getting that, you know, influencer, I'm still getting influenced, um, I'm able to limit it, you know, and... And the other thing is, you know, these junk values or whatever, it, they're, they're related to, you know, commerce as well. So, so just try and, uh, I think it's really important and I don't think we're taught in schools and nobody really understands that money doesn't buy you happiness. Money, money just is, you know, a way that we put a roof over our head and put food in our bellies and, and we can do some nice things with it and so on and so forth. But um, there's a really interesting, um, really interesting, um, note that was in the book in, in Lost Connections that, um, that Sao Paulo had banned um, outdoor advertisement. So, you know, billboards of like, buy this, buy that, bus shelters, buy this, buy that, um, tra tra trams going by, buy this, buy that, plastered all over the place. Like basically, when you walk down the street, most of what you see is, hey, go work harder to get more money so you can buy this shit that we're trying to sell you. And that's not very good. So I think the thing that we need to remember is, we need to remember that money doesn't do fuck all for you. As long as you've got a roof over your head and as long as you've got food in your belly and you're surrounded by people that you love, then you're sweet. That's all you need. So I think we just have to make more of a conscious effort to not buy into the celebrity, to not be the, the, you know, the, the PR people of our own lives, to just try and live in the real world and try and switch off and disconnect and, and also try not to buy into um, consumerism and so forth. And it's all, it's all more difficult... It's all more difficult, wait, it's all harder said than done um, because, you know, everybody, all the money is going against us in, in, in that regard, but, but that's what we, we need to do, you know. Um, the next point that, uh, the next point that Johan addresses in his book is um, he addresses childhood trauma and to be perfectly honest, guys, I don't have much for that I don't have a reconnection um, for childhood trauma I haven't I haven't had much childhood trauma I mean I did really kind of dislike my dad growing up for a little while because of um, the fights he used to have with mom and I, I used to think that he used to drink too much and so on and so forth but we have a great relationship now um, but you know maybe you know I could have spoken more to a psychologist and you know got my, my feelings off my chest and maybe maybe I'm, I was harboring you know for a, for a period there, I was for sure harboring some some resentment, but but as I said, excuse me, water break. Um, as I said, it's probably not something that I know too much about, and that you know I probably should I probably shouldn't talk you know at length about childhood trauma because it's really not my my ballpark. So um, I'm just going to take one more quick break uh, because someone's at the door here. Give me one uh, one moment, listeners. All right, and we're back. So, um, so moving on. So, um, the next lost connection that Johan um, points out in his book is status and respect. Um, so again, this is really comes back to the same stuff about values, I, I believe. So, and I think that um, we're in a good position now where um, self-development and so forth is um, really. Um, at the forefront, you know, it's really growing. I, I'm not super, super into life coaches and self-development and 
and spiritual healing and fucking whatever. Um, but I do meditate. Um, I think meditation really grounds you. Uh, meditation, um, meditation is something that basically does quell the ego. It's it's been shown to um, it's been shown to have positive effects on the part of the brain that is where basically anxiety and depression um, live and where the ego, where we tell ourselves our self-biographical tales, you know, meditation helps with that. So I think um, making sure that you're, you know, grounded and that, that you're putting in work to, to, to be a happy person, that's going to give you that level of, 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 of self-respect and, 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 and status, um, sorry, and, and stop you from worrying about status, more to the point. Um, so, you know, that's a huge one. Um, and then sixth on, on the list of disconnections is a disconnection from the natural world. So in this day and age, as I said, you know, we all live in cities and, um, and people are starting to get out of the city, which is really great because there's all this remote work, uh, phenomenon. So, and I'm not talking about what we do at Athena where we deal with, people from abroad, you know, we help people in underprivileged countries. We have, you know, staff in the Philippines and Venezuela and Argentina and so forth. I'm talking about people in Melbourne working for a Melbourne-based company but that are working from home. Now, that's really great because it's allowing people to spread out of the cities. Cities were the melting pots where people could get together and do work. And now people can come in to have those meetings and so forth, but they can also work from home, which means that people are people are spreading out we're getting out of this concrete jungle and we're getting back to you know rural areas and places that are more kind of community driven and there's more fresh air and, and and clear skies at night and and so on and so forth so i think a big thing for um for me around the the disconnection from the natural world is again planning in your holidays planning in you know adventures where you're going to nature and and you'll get away for a day and and so on and so forth and and we're all busy and you know we're all struggling for time and and so on and so forth but i'm going to use an analogy that my business partner drew actually once gave me so um he used to be a a mentor of mine um back when i was doing adventure it was my my main business so basically drew talked about the fact that um he drew this out in front of us he drew a vase and he said look i want you guys to plan your holidays and i want Okay, cool. If you, it was all about time management. If you have, this is your vase, this is your time that you have in your life. He goes, what I'm going to do is these are large chunks of time and we're going to call them rocks and we're going to put them inside of the vase. So he drew all these rocks and he put them inside of the vase effectively. So the vase is basically filled with all these you know, large rocks and he said, now how much time do we have left? And you know, first person answered, well, none, the vase is full. And Drew said, well, not entirely true. How about we grab some pebbles here and we take those pebbles and we place them in around the rocks, you know, so we can fit a little bit more in. No worries. Okay, cool. Now we've, we've, we fit some more into our time. And he said, now how much time do we have? And people were like, well, we don't have any time. You can see that, um, yeah, we, we, we're run out. And Drew said, well, what about if we put some sand in here? And we fill all the space around the rocks and all around the pebbles and we sprinkle some more time in here. You know, we fill those gaps here and there. And we sprinkle. And okay, cool. Now we have, what do we have? We have a full vase. And people are like, yeah, we got a full vase. And Drew said, well, what if I pour this three liters of water in this vase? And people are like, far out. So the whole analogy is around managing your time and actually being ruthless with what you do for yourself inside of that time. So, so, um, so plan your holidays set out and go, all right, cool. Um, you know, this three-month period, we don't have time to go away, but what we're going to do is we're going to go and we're going to do a two-night stay out in the, you know, the national park, you know, insert wherever you are, wherever you live. I'm going to go out and we're going to get into the wilderness. We're going to go out and get into nature, you know. We live this, um, this lifestyle where, you know, we sit in front of the TVs and screens and so forth, but it's so easy to just, you know, if you have, a, if you have an animal, it's the best because you're forced to go for a walk. Well, I am. I, I'm forced to go for a walk for an hour and a half a day with Ziggy and it's my favorite part of the day and but you've got to plan those big getaways and those micro getaways around your already busy schedule and and you know it can be done and we need to get back to nature so you know taking off your shoes and and grounding yourself and walking along the beach in the morning 
um, getting away and, and, and scheduling in that overnight, you know, get away to wherever it is, that your favorite holiday destination and just getting away from the hustle and bustle. It's absolutely key. So that's really an easy fix. Um, it's not a super easy fix, but we can all do better there, I think. And it's a huge, if you get the sun on your, sun on your back and fresh, you know, fresh air in, your, in those nostrils and you're out hiking and, and getting a sweat on and there's absolutely nothing better. So, so that's an easy one. All right. And lastly, on Johan Hari's seven disconnections is hopeful, uh, disconnection from a hopeful and secure future. So what that means is, guys, it's basically, um, obviously in today's society, we work really, really hard and really, really long hours to just get by. Um, and I don't really, I don't understand the, the economics of how the world works well enough to be able to tell you how we can change that as um, individuals and as business owners and so forth. But what I will say is I believe that'll all change. So, what I believe is, I believe that universal basic income is on its way. So, people that have listened to this show a lot would have heard it spoken about, you know, by Steve Sammartino, the futurist, and by um, myself and Tommy, and um, I think maybe by, uh, who else have we spoken about it? Don't know. But, um, but we've spoken about it a lot, and universal basic income is basically uh, a stipend that um, is kind of um, like social security or the dole here in Australia, you know, benefits, but it just goes out to everyone. And I mean, isn't that pretty ideal? So the thing with UBI, universal basic income, is people worry that um, it'll be taken advantage of and if people have nothing to strive for and they don't have to go to work, they'll just be, you know, they'll just be bums and, and they'll be slack with no drive and, and no, um, nothing to really, um, you know, give back to society. And, you know, the thing is robots and artificial intelligence and automation, it's going to take over a lot of our jobs. So say, for example, we lose 50% of our jobs, then there's going to be relatively the same amount of money in the economy and there's going to be less hours worked by human beings. So, Surely that's a good scenario where we can say, all right, cool, you know, companies and so forth are taxed heavily on automation or just in general and a universal basic income, so enough for a roof over your head and for food on your plate goes to everybody in all countries really and we just work less. So if there's the same amount of money in the economy but less jobs, then instead of having 50% of people that are displaced and 50% of people that are unemployed, 100% of people work and they work for 20 hours a week. (sighs) Mate, sign me up. Sign me up any day of the week. So that's my utopian universal basic income um, scenario and I don't see why it can't happen. I mean, One reason why it might not is because I know absolutely zero about economics um, and I don't know if artificial intelligence will fully happen and and if our jobs will get taken. Um, Look, there's a lot of holes in my theory, but uh, there's also a lot of hope in that theory. I I truly believe that. You know, we're smart enough to send people to the bloody Mars, nearly, um, but, you know, we're we're all still working that much. So I think universal basic income will really help. Um, It's been trialed in a province in Canada about 20 years ago and everything to do with the biomarkers of a healthy society went in the right direction. So, you know, divorces went down, rate of perceived happiness went up, um, general wellness went up, mental health care plans went down. Um, yeah, everything is, if you don't have to struggle, if you don't have to stress, if you don't have to work a shit job for, for crap pay for someone you don't like and to, to make ends meet, then you'll be way happier. And it's like... It's like mini communism in a way, you know, it really is um, and it's just, it's a way that we, we can keep the society that we're in and, and, and look after people more um, and I think it's a real option and I think it's, it's something that the governments are already preparing for is universal basic income so um, it's what's being thought about and we just need to make sure that greed doesn't take over and it doesn't fuck us and... and um, 
and the rich don't get richer from all automation and artificial intelligence and so forth and that we actually <coughs> we actually give back to to the everyman and raise people's quality of life because that's what that's what we have the ability to do in the future in the near not too distant future is we have the ability to do good for large portions of people um, in this artificial intelligence era um, automation era so why wouldn't we do it why wouldn't we do it anyway um, if you've been watching this on the YouTubes you would have noticed that the camera um, broke about seven times. It's the first time in this new studio. The camera broke down about seven times. My main camera, our main camera. And we had to stop and restart. And if you're listening on audio, audio hopefully you didn't notice. But um, anyway, that's pretty much it from me for this show today. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, if there's any comments, any questions, you can always email me at doc at athena.co. That's A-T-H-Y-N-A dot co. Um, leave comments on the YouTubes, um, shout us out on the Instagrams. I will uh, love to hear the feedback on this, um, on this episode. And as always, this has been Philosophy Through the Eyes of an Idiot. That idiot is me. And that's a wrap. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that show, please tell a friend, please subscribe, please do all the things that will help us grow. Um, also, don't forget to check out trueprotein.com.au. Use the code BRO at checkout for 10% off. Also, head to yeti.com.au forward slash BRO. Check out the best coolers in the business. And then lastly, check out Athena. That's Athena with a Y. Athena.co. Use the code BRO in the inquiry form there when you, when you set up a demo and you'll get 20 hours free of our virtual assistant services. See you next week.